Welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast with author, leadership expert, and co-founder of the Daniel Center of Leadership, Marcus Benjamin. At the Daniel Center, our vision is to develop and deploy godly leaders, and you fit that description. Here's Marcus for today's message. And that's awesome, Robert, because what I found out is that many people who even critique the quote-unquote prosperity gospel, they haven't really investigated and listened to enough teaching from a particular person to really get a full body of understanding of what that person or what that minister really believes. <laughs> you know, I can't say how many people I've talked to over the years who said, well, so-and-so said this. And I said, well, did you also hear them say this and this and this and this and this and this and this? And I said, well, no, I never heard that. I said, well, you never heard that because you didn't listen long enough. I said, you, you can probably misinterpret my message if you hear uh, an out-of-context statement. You can take something that I say and pull it out of its context, and that can form a perspective. So what we're finding is that God has a plan for us to prosper. He has a plan for us to, uh, to increase as we are good stewards and faithful stewards because prosperity, you use the phrase, we were having lunch several months ago when you came uh, uh, to be with us. And you use a phrase that I think the people uh, that are listening to this podcast, they need to hear. And you didn't call it the prosperity gospel. You called it something else, which I just love. Can you talk a little bit a little bit about what you call the responsibility gospel? Right, absolutely. And, and that's what the whole New Testament is about. What is your responsibility? What is your response? You know, in my, in my man cave meetings, you know, we say, well, how do you define a man? We need to understand that. Well, we define a man as a, the ability to respond like God. That's where we get our term, responsibility. And it's not a popular teaching because that means that you have to do something. Yeah. So that means that you have to have a response. God said in Malachi, he said, if you take a step towards me, then I will take a step towards you. But the responsibility right. is you have to take the initiative. You can't just be lazy on the couch watching reruns of Glenn Housewives and expecting God to move in your life. That's not going to happen. God said, take a step towards me, take the net, and I'll take a step towards you. I just talked about it in Luke 11. He says, if you have been faithful. The word if means that it's a conditional. All of the conditions, all of the, the word of God, the principles, they're all based on a condition. So, so the responsibility is one thing in churches, especially black churches, that you don't get a lot of shouts over because that means yeah. that you got to do something. Now, if I come in and say, oh, Jehovah Jireh is going to pay all your bills and you're all going to be wealthy by Friday, praise God, the people will jump around the church. But if I say, wait a minute now, you have to hear from God on what you should give. You have to start being faithful over the clean up the nasty dishes in your house, cleaning up your house, keeping your car clean, eating right. Now everybody's quiet. Because that's what you have to do. And, right. and when Jesus came, Jesus came and he said, here's your responsibility. He told Nicodemus what his responsibility was. He told uh, uh, the rich young ruler what his responsibility was. He told Peter. Everywhere he went, he told people, especially leaders, here's your responsibility. The woman at the well, he said, here's your responsibility. He didn't just lay hands on them. They fall out under the power of God and she and the woman at the well woke up and married again? No, he, he gave her a strategy. Here's what you have to do. First of all, don't tell anybody what we just talked about. Number two, don't be, don't be ashamed of you having five husbands. 
And he just he gave her, here's your responsibility. Yes, now, if you blow the responsibility, then you can't blame God. Then your life will stay the same year after year, day after day, until Jesus comes back. You may, stay, you may stay in the projects. You may stay broke. You may stay in an unfulfilled marriage. You may stay the same year after year because you don't have, you didn't fulfill your responsibility and you have nobody to blame but yourself. That's the responsibility gospel. Awesome. So what you're saying, uh, Robert, is, and which I think is just so, so profoundly accurate, for those legitimate critiques of the quote-unquote prosperity gospel, many of them are legitimate in their critique because they are hearing and they're watching people act irresponsibly in the sense that they're believing, if I just give money, then I don't have to go back and do anything different because God is just going to call something to manifest. And we know that's a flat-out lie. I mean, <laughs> that's not – we know God does miracles, but, but the, the miracle of God is different from the lifestyle of faith. And many people, mm-hmm. you want to make a comment about that, sir? Yeah. I, well, you, you can't, you, if you give and then you're shacking up, don't expect anything from God, right? Yes. I mean, you, you, there's the principles of God, and then there is the person of God. And the two have to be in line. So you have to line your life up with the principles and the person of God which is the character of God. And most people, so you can give all the money you want. But if you're living a lifestyle that's counterproductive to the word of God, then, then you can't stand in expectation. You are now deceived, thinking Understood. that something's going to happen. It's like everyone who's expecting something new to happen in the new year, but if you're not doing something new, then you can't expect anything new. Oh, Dr. Watkins. Oh, Dr. Watkins. I've got a, uh, I have a, a periscope that I'm going to be doing later this evening on that same, that same idea that 2016 is only a number. As a matter of fact, for those of you, we're recording this podcast on December 31st, 2015. Uh, but 2016 will be the exact same year as 2015 if your thinking and your acting doesn't change. That's right. Right. It's, just right. it's just, it's just right. another number. It's just another number. It could be 2 million. It could be right. 22,000. It doesn't matter what the number is. What makes a new year new is when our thinking is upgraded and when our acting changes. Right. Um, right. You, you mentioned earlier about be, uh, working out, and I, you know, my son and I were in the gym early this morning, and it amazed me. We go to this gym all the time. It amazed me how packed the gym was today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was packed to capacity. And I said, wow, within two weeks, we won't see these people. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why is because resolutions don't work. Right. <laughs> because the responsibility root of the word, exactly, the responsibility work because the right. root of the word resolution is resolve. It literally means someone, a person has come to a resolve. They've fought and they've made a conscious choice. It's not the impulse of a new year. So, Robert, with that being said, let's, let's take a, a sharp turn right and let's talk about you, you do a whole lot of teaching and training, even your consulting company, you guys work with entrepreneurs, uh, 
preferably Christian entrepreneurs, but not exclusively Christian entrepreneurs, uh, talk to us very briefly about or give us an introduction into why a believer should be uh, should consider entrepreneurship and should look at entrepreneurship in some way in his or her life. Uh, give, give us some insight into that. Well, sure. Well, first of all, entrepreneurship is biblical. It's, it's, it's of God. The whole concept of business and entrepreneurship came from God. Um, in Ecclesiastes um, um, 5 and 10, Solomon uh, wrote that a dream comes through the multitude of business. And he defined business as um, uh, God's assignment for your life, what God's called you to do. And when you get into that assignment, there is freedom there. And one of the freedoms is is financial freedom. Because then we see him writing in Ecclesiastes 11 and 2, where he says that we are to invest in seven, yea, eight income streams, for we don't know what evil may come upon the land. Well, Solomon was saying that at a time when God gave him a vision to do something that had never been done before, which was build God a house. But if he had to go to a job every day, Solomon couldn't have fulfilled the will of God for his life. Now, there's nothing wrong with working, but um, I believe that a man or woman of God who has an assignment from God is not going to be subject for his entire life to another man. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, if you are faithful to that which is another man's, I will give you that which is your own. Your, I define that as your own business, your own ministry, whatever it is, that God will give you ownership once you're faithful, that God will promote you. So entrepreneurship, number one, uh, number one, why you should be an entrepreneur? Number one, you can't be fired. <laughs> so <laughs> it's yours. You, just have, it's you, you are faithful. Your main job, my main job as a business owner is to be faithful. That is my number one job. Um, and then number the, the, the second reason why God wants you out in the marketplace is that so your faith can be seen. Um, you know, we talked about um, a gentleman that you um, uh, referred to our company, and we're able to get him around $75,000, $77,000. Now he's buying real estate now, okay? He's a real estate owner. That is biblical. And so now when a person comes and lives and, and, and rents property from him, he has, he has influence over that family, um, so those are just two things that, that uh, three things that God, why he wants us to be successful entrepreneurs so that you can't be fired, you're free, so that your faith can be seen, and that so that your influence uh, can be advanced for the kingdom of God in the hearts and minds of people there around you. And wow. uh, God loves entrepreneurs. Wow. You know, Robert, I, I'm thinking about, uh, you mentioned about how entrepreneurship is biblical, and there are a lot of people who have issues with capitalism, uh, the historical uh, misuse of capitalism in many instances in the Industrial Revolution here in America, the Industrial, Revo- Industrial Revolution in, uh, in Europe and in, Fran- in France, and how people were uh, repressed, suppressed, subject to long hours of work, horrible working conditions. People died of exhaustion. They died of uh, overexertion. I mean, people cite all of these things, and they say, well, how can that be biblical? And one of the things that we challenge people in is don't look at the practice. Look at the principle. Mm-hmm. Because you, people can misapply a principle. They can misapply it, and then the principle be authentic. 
but the mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. can be destructive. So sure. talk for a moment. Talk for a moment about how you may have uh, maybe challenged or encouraged people who may they may believe entrepreneurship or business, and I'm using this phrase, they see it as a necessary evil, not as mm-hmm. something that God is really involved in. How would you approach a person who thinks that way? Sure. You know, in the Bible, I'll start there first. There were righteous kings and unrighteous kings. Well, we have to understand that the principles in the Word of God work for whomever gets involved in that principle. So the principle of faithfulness and good stewardship work whether you're fat, black, white, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, saved, unsaved, Catholic, or Baptist. It doesn't matter. The principles work if you work them. And so they're established laws. It's just like the law of gravity. If I step off of a 10-story building, I don't care who you are, fat, black, right. or white. It doesn't matter. You're, the law of gravity says you're going down. So going down. You, have, you have people who have good character and people who have bad character operating in these principles, and they get manifestation from the laws. Now, when you have a bad king or a bad CEO or uh, unscrupulous CEO, that's what you have. That's why the Bible says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. So if we had a righteous person running Ford Motor Company or a righteous person running uh, Apple Computers or Microsoft or any of these uh, uh, Fortune 500 companies, we're going to see righteousness permeate throughout the entire organization. Chick-fil-A is a good example. He was a righteous king, Chua Cathy. Right, so when you go to any Chick Fil A around the country, you get greeted. What you seem like that person that's taking your order is like Jesus. Right, they're right. smiling, they're joy, they're peace, they're happy to see you. They make you feel like you're a friend. Well, if you've ever met True Kathy like I have, that's the way he is. I sat down with his entire family, was seeing like a thousand people a few times. Their Chick Fil A headquarters, and they just made me feel like I was a part of the family. And 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 yet that same spirit is in every Chick Fil A franchise that you walk into. Well, he's a righteous king. So when you have when we talk about capitalism, yes, you have unrighteous kings. They didn't care about the people. They set up horrible conditions, and unfortunately, people died. You know, capitalism um, at its core came from a principle found in the Word of God, but because unrighteous kings are operating that system. That's why the people uh, mourned. But when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And that's why I work so hard to try to get people awesome. in position of, 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 of power in the marketplace, not, be, not to enrich them, but so that the people can rejoice and look forward to coming to work and take care of their families and so they can duplicate that success for generations. That's what this is about. Robert, that's awesome. I'm telling you, I know our listeners are being uh, edified and encouraged and getting this context as we shape the culture regarding business and economics. I've long uh, shared with people that no idea of business or entrepreneurship can exist without this one principle. And that one principle is from a, from a uh, community, from a sociological perspective, how people interact together, the principle of private property. Mm-hmm. If the principle of private property doesn't exist, you can't have a business. You can't own anything because you don't own your ideas. You don't own land. You don't own, uh, you don't own the means of producing, producing a particular product or service. 
and something so simple as private property, but something that is that simple is so integral to God's perspective. We're talking about, we go back, I mean, four or 5,000 years ago, God giving word to Abraham and words uh, later on to Moses and so forth. He's talking about the people who follow him should have the right to private property, the right to own their own property, own their own ideas, own their own land. I mean, in the Ten Commandments, we call them, you know, when it says, thou shalt not covet or thou shalt not steal, those two statements, those are entrepreneurial statements. Those are business statements because you can't have business unless people can own that which they have created. And it is the Christian worldview that gives uh, men and women, not just the opportunity, but the right to own, <laughs> the right to own that which they create. And that right. ownership is essential to business. So when I have conversations with people and they talk about capitalism through uh, these various what they call secular means, you know, that's one of the statements that I bring up. I say, I say, that, and I ask economists all that, what's the fundamental principle to this? I mean, the fundamental principle. And everybody knows it's private property. And I said, now, what worldview gives you the right to own private property? Right. It's the right. Judeo-Christian right. worldview that gives you the right to own private property. No other worldview gives you that right. You know, the king owns everything according to the other worldview. <laughs> you can't own anything. Right. But I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that our listeners are getting the opportunity to understand this because you, you wrote that book, Never Chase a Paycheck Again, and you talk about uh, not only biblical entrepreneurship, but you also talk about strategies for, uh, for men and women to take that step of faith uh, in entrepreneurship. They may still have their full-time job, or they may keep their full-time job permanently. So if you could take a moment and just share maybe a few strategies that the, that person who, you know what, I hear you, Robert, man, I, I, I'm seeing it like a, I've never seen it before. What, what can I do tomorrow? What can I do next week? What can I do to start wetting my entrepreneurial appetite? What, what can I do? Well, first of all, understand that human capital is more important than financial capital. Most people that come to my company, first thing they want, I need money. I need $100,000. Well, wait a minute. No one's going to give you, if we gave you the $100,000, you don't have the team in place uh, to, to handle it. And so human capital is more important than, than financial capital, which means you need to have the right relationships in place. You know, you may not be comfortable with sales, but that's okay. You don't need to become a sales guru. You just need a relationship with someone who is. You may not understand marketing or social media. That's okay. You just need to have someone on your team who understands social media or marketing. You might not even understand financial and, and, and financial reportings, and you may not understand accounting. But the point is, as you're, as you're in my uh, good friend John Maxwell says, teamwork does make the dream work. So before you even start trying to go to the bank asking for money or come to conquerconsulting.com asking for money, you need to have a team in place, a working team, a working board of advisors, people that have received your vision, people that understand your product, people who know what you're doing, which means that you're going to have to sit down and have lunch and have breakfast or a conversation with these people and explain to them exactly what it is that you want to do. And that principle goes back to Habakkuk 2 and 2. You have to write the vision down and make it plain 
so that he that reads it can run with it. Well, the he that reads it shall run with it. That is your employee. That is your team. So someone else other than you has to start running with your vision. And that started with you writing it down. That's number one. And then number two, you do need financial capital. I don't want to devalue that. You need money. Absolutely. Yes. We're in the money business. And so you can come to a company like ours where if your vision is clear, if you have a good plan, then we can sit down with you and, and perhaps provide an unsecured uh, uh, line of credit up to $150,000. Because we understand you do need money, but the human capital comes before the financial capital. But what, so what can you do starting uh, the next morning is for you to start looking in your Rolodex, looking on your Facebook page, and looking for people who have a certain expertise that can become a part of your company. And I always say, uh, Bishop, that's where you start. Awesome. And, you know, many, many instances, and I know back um, we started our company, uh, Benjamin Consulting, um, we started it uh, 11 years ago. In many cases, uh, you know, Robert, most people are not doing a personal inventory, mm-hmm. you know, meaning what do I really have? What can I really do? What skills do I really possess? You know, what ideas have I put on the shelf? Because if I don't do a personal inventory, then I don't know how to initiate. I don't know how to step out and start something and to begin, as you referenced, writing the vision, uh, getting a team of people together. And that's what, what, what we're challenging people to do even through this, through this podcast uh, uh, because as an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that being an employee is ungodly or wrong. Doesn't mean that at all. It means that being an entrepreneur, going back to those principles you gave earlier, it gives you ownership of your time. It gives you the ability to influence and, and affect people's lives. Uh, it gives you the ability to change your community. So we want to we build companies that hire people. So if being an employee was wrong, then hiring people would be wrong. <laughs> you know? right. So it's not wrong. It's using the opportunities and the gifts that God gave us to better position ourselves to influence culture, and in turn, we're able to change people's lives by offering a person a job. I mean, when you offer a person a job paying them uh, a livable wage or above a livable wage, and they're able to take care of their family, they're able to, uh, you know, bless their church, they're able to find meaning and fulfillment uh, in, their, in the work that they do, that's godly. That is, that's part of the essence of being a godly entrepreneur is you create an opportunity for people to express their gifts and their talents and their abilities and earn income and take care of their responsibilities. Right. So Absolutely. I'm appreciative of you casting, uh, casting light on that and helping kind of demystify that for our listeners. Uh, in our last few minutes here, Robert, uh, which we're so grateful for your time, uh, I want you to, uh, I want you to uh, one, just take a moment and just share something, whatever is on your heart, whatever a burden you have, or whatever is presently, uh, so there may be some, some key things that are on your mind right now, but just take the next minute and just speak from your heart, whatever it is on your mind regarding entrepreneurship, prosperity, success, responsibility, and just be a blessing to, uh, to our listeners. Well, first of all, thank you for, for having me on. And, and my focus uh, for 2016 and 17 is to bring what I call a marketplace revival. And the word revival means that we're assuming that something's dead, that something is not breathing, it's not growing, it's not alive. And, and a lot of people's dreams are there. And many people are excited about 
the new year because uh, something's dead, and they're hoping something new is going to happen. As we talked about, uh, you know, without your responsibility uh, and understanding that responsibility and doing that responsibility, nothing's going to change. Something has to be revived. And what I'm after is reviving people's dreams. If you're out there and you were making sixty or forty or thirty thousand dollars a year and you lost your job last year, you've never quite recovered, or maybe you are a, a single mother and you're working as a waitress and, and you're working for tips and it never seems to be enough. Uh, what is that dream that God gave you when you first came to the Lord? What did you hope to establish in your life? Well, I want to come to you and, and revive that. I know revival can be a religious word, but God is saying I'm going to revive that to make it whole, to make it breathe, to make it grow. And the whole word marketplace, you know, the, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns everything. It's the kingdom of God, and God has given it to you. Uh, but we have to, first of all, uh, can't be afraid to bring back to life that which God has placed in you. It's not dead. It's just dormant. And so my job is to come to you and to, and to stir that up. And so what I'm going to be doing, uh, uh, Marcus, for the next two years is bringing marketplace revival uh, to the church, to corporations, um, to, 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 to ministries, uh, to, to every area of society, we're bringing forth revival, and it's coming, we're coming with wisdom and solutions and resources because that's how Jesus came. And so I want to tell people out there is that don't give up. Uh, your dream is not dead. It's just dormant. You just need a strategy, something that is from God that's going to help you revive everything that God has placed in your life. And when you do, you're going to have so much joy, so much peace, that and um, all the abundance of material wealth and blessings, you're going to have to give it away. So I would encourage people, uh, Marcus, to give us a call at 888-526-1118 and uh, see how we can be a blessing to them as well. 888-526-1118. Did I get that correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, also, Robert, if you could share, share with people how they can connect with you via uh, the social media uh, channels that you're, yeah, that you're connected to. Sure. Our website is conquerworldwide.com, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, worldwide.com. I'm everywhere at Robert J. Watkins um, on Twitter, Robert J. Watkins, Instagram, Robert J. Watkins, Facebook, Robert Watkins. So certainly I would love to uh, learn more about your vision and uh, helping you prosper, uh, literally prosper. Will we see manifestation uh, not just next year but for all time? That's what, that's what gets me excited. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure you were blessed just as I was by um, hosting uh, Dr. Watkins on this podcast. Uh, follow him on the various social networks. Uh, if you're in business or going into business, uh, get a hold to him at Conquer uh, Consulting and Conquer Worldwide. Let them be an asset to you. Robert, you've been a blessing to us. I believe you've helped us uh, in a way to more shape culture in, in, God's, uh, in God's perspective. And thank you so very much for your time. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Culture Shapers podcast. Take a moment and find out more about our ministry by visiting thedanielcenter.org. Remember, you and I are not called to be made by the culture, but to shape the culture with the influence of Jesus Christ.